welcome back to venting with b i missed you guys and i hope your year is going well so far this year is more than survival 2020 i declare is the year and every year after that is a year as well but right now we're focusing on 2020 this year the theme is faithfulness in everything we start we're going to finish so let's dive in okay so the topic today as you've seen from the title is emotional purification so it's basically separating or distinguishing between pure and impure emotions and funny story and by funny i mean it's not funny at all really it's just a normal story actually but i used to struggle with understanding my own feelings so much like I think my hardest or my most challenging emotions were sadness and anger. I felt like I never understood why I was sad. And I also felt like because I was sad, it meant that I was weak somehow or defective. And then I also wasn't comfortable with anger because I felt like if I was angry, it meant I was a bad person. So I was constantly living in frustration and just like, just complete confusion about how I was feeling and just complete disruption of my just experience of life really after venting a lot and reading a lot of books I've grown so much and this topic today about purifying your emotions is something I've been working on intentionally for over a year first of all disclaimer this is not like not that I know of it's not a science like it's not a fact it's just my experience and things i've noticed with other people and things that i've come across but i thought i should share it because it's honestly helped me become a different person i can honestly say that so my definition of pure emotions are emotions that cannot be simplified any further whereas impure emotions usually have deeper roots And these are sadness, happiness, surprise, and I put us down the last two, anger and fear. And I say anger and fear are kind of on the fence because sometimes you can be angry without like, have you ever experienced illogical anger? Like, you know, you're on the wrong, but you're angry. (laughs) Or it's like a normal day you're having lunch, but then you're angry and you don't know why. So some so as much as anger is a pure emotion, sometimes its root can be impure. And then fear is kind of the same thing as well. Irrational fears. For instance, since literally since I was a child, I have always had a fear of spiders, arachnophobia. And like I kid you not, like if there's a six-legged insect on my leg, okay, cool, brush it off, let's move on. But literally, I'll see a spider on the other side of the room and my heart starts racing, I start feeling uncomfortable, and it's like literally just two extra legs. That's irrational fear. But, you know, nonetheless, it's a fear. Anyway, so then the impure emotions um, that I'm going to talk about or just highlight, jealousy, greed, insecurity, anxiety, bitterness, frustration and pride so when you think about jealousy it's fear in disguise when you're jealous there's something telling you i'm not enough and i'm afraid that i'm going to lose my place and greed is the same thing is i don't have enough 
and I'm afraid that I'm going to that it's somehow something bad is going to happen. Sometimes you don't even know what that bad thing is. You just greed, you're just like, no, I don't have enough, but you don't even know what you're afraid of happening to you. You know, like if you're greedy with food, you're not going to like starve, but there's just this fear that it's just not enough. You won't be satisfied. You know, insecurity is the same thing. A fear that you're not enough. And anxiety by definition is a fear of the future. Bitterness um, is usually rooted in, from my experience and from what I've seen in other people, bitterness actually stems from sadness. If you've been hurt in the past and you haven't had, you know, the opportunity to deal with it, what we tend to do is we protect that wound of sadness and we mask it with anger and that anger turns into bitterness. So if you're bitter about something, most likely what happened is you were hurt. And because you don't like being vulnerable, you're using anger or bitterness to disguise that. And then frustration is usually stemming from things like anger, fear, and sadness can be a combination. It can be one of these, but usually those are like the main things. And then pride is rooted in fear of I am not enough. And therefore, I'm going to work hard to make all of you believe that I am enough and to make myself believe that I am enough. But the truth is, I'm scared of you seeing that I'm actually vulnerable. I'm scared of you seeing my weaknesses. I'm scared of you seeing that I'm not enough. And so I'm going to mask it with pride. So why is this information important to know? Okay, let's dive into this. So the first thing is nothing gets addressed in the darkness. You know, if you think about things like the Me Too movement, if you think about uh, people talking about sexual harassment, if you think about people talking about discrimination, when you think about, um, you know, generally all these topics, the first step is people bring to light experiences that have happened. And sometimes that's even enough to make someone to take that load off. But when that thing is kept in the darkness, it has no chance of being addressed. So being aware of your emotional condition gives you an opportunity to actually address it and do something productive and effective with it. So awareness is the first step to growth. And then secondly, being aware of the, whether your emotions are pure or impure helps us find the root issue. For instance, there were times I was frustrated with someone and... You know, usually it was maybe a combination of fear and sadness. And sometimes it was a fear of facing the reality that maybe the relationship wasn't in a good situation, a good condition. And it was like that sadness of if I admit what's happening, I risk losing what we have. And so that turns into frustration So frustration is what comes to the surface, but the bottom of it is like this deep sadness of I'm sad about where we are. And I'm afraid that if I face this, I'm going to lose all of it. Or I'm afraid that you're going to reject me. And then the third thing is it helps us understand what other people might be feeling. Oh my goodness. When I tell you that this has like literally changed the way I see the world, literally. So for example, sometimes someone might respond to you or treat you in a way that doesn't feel good and it's tempting to immediately want to like either defend yourself or to try to put them in their place you know that's usually the first instinct is no I'm putting a stop to this right here right now which yes I agree you do you do need to like 
implement your boundaries and uphold your standards. But that's that's a band-aid. It's like a, it's a very temporary kind of it's a very tempor- temporary temporary uh, solution to the situation because okay, here's a prime example. So, the other day, um maybe like 2 weeks ago or something of the sort, I was at a drive-through. And honestly, this wasn't even a drive-through. This was a park-through, like for real. People turned off their cars. And then, you know, okay, people listen. So in, this is so clever. But have you noticed drive-throughs usually have a curbside? So even if you did change your mind and you wanted to leave, there's literally no escape except if you wanted to climb over the curb and like drive over the plants <laughs> or something ridiculous like that. And so you're forced to sit in there. So I don't know what was going on that day, but there was a line of cars. People are angry. People are hooting. And people just turned off their cars because we were like stuck there for like over 10 minutes. And, you know, I would be like, because it was like my turn now to uh, at the drive through speaker place. And so I'm like, hello, like, is anyone there? And like the person responded just like very aggressive of, um, I don't remember, what did she say? Something like just one moment or something, you know, just something just normal like that. And this showed me how much I'd grown because my first instinct was identifying with how she felt. I know how hard it is, number one, to manage my own emotions while trying to manage other people's emotions. And, you know, I waited maybe for like, eight minutes after that maybe seven minutes after that and so then she's like okay i'll take your order what do you want kind of thing and i'm like hey how are you i'll just have the blah blah blah, you know super friendly and honestly sometimes i tend to be overly friendly (laughs) i don't know why but i just remember like i consciously made the effort that and i learned this um from listening to oprah and she was saying reacting is you're acting out what they've done again so it's like instead of me acting out what has been given to me i want to act out what i would like this situation to be and so i made a conscious decision i would like this to be a pleasant exchange and so i was friendly and it was very strange like her tone changed and even after that like after she gave me the food and everything she was like thank you have a nice day like she was just like brighter and i think what happened in that situation is when someone is rude to you, most likely what they're experiencing is a frustration with their own emotions. And so when you're kind and patient back, and maybe you have some genuine energy to give them, it allows, even though it doesn't fix their problems, it allows their wall to come down, that defense to come down even just a little bit. And then you can leave knowing you left someone better than you found them. And so understanding your own emotions allows you to identify with other people's emotions more quickly. Another tough one, and I know this is going to happen again because it's just the nature of life. I had a friend, I say had because we're not friends anymore. And the funny thing is that was my fear. Like during our friendship, I just had this feeling that I was not good enough. And then we were friends first and then she formed other friends and they were closer and... I just, I felt like, I've never felt like jealousy like that before. Usually it's like, jealousy is like normally connected to romance or something like that. Usually not in my friendships. And I was like, whoa, this is weird. Why am I feeling jealous? 
and started dissecting the situation and it was this sadness that i was not good enough and this fear that because i was not good enough i was going to lose this person and so then i had to make a decision okay because i don't want to i don't know i'm very conscious about the energy and i bring to people and the thoughts i have toward people like i will literally avoid you if my thoughts toward you are not right because i want to be able to be in your presence with goodwill i just when when i talk to people i want goodness to be in me otherwise i would literally rather keep my distance figure myself out and then when i know that my intentions toward you are good then you know i'm willing to be close to you i don't know that's that's just like the way i've always been i don't know why but i'm just like very sensitive to my thoughts and my feelings towards other people and so because it was it was nothing on her end there's literally nothing she had done wrong i had to face myself i had to ask myself why do i feel like i am not good enough and i had to become good enough for myself first and when our relationship ended our friendship ended like it's what i had feared all along and so it, it was kind of a confirmation that my fears were actually like realistic they were true and it was also like freeing because i had to come to an acceptance that friendships and relationships in general are based on choice you can't force it and that's actually something i did want to kind of touch on is how i think there different approaches to being a controlling person some some people are controlling by being aggressive being intimidating or they're controlling by being manipulative you know people who play guilt trips or like they play the victim stuff like that it's all a method of control right but then and this is another way that insecurity shows itself some people are controlling by being really nice they're like i want you to stay so i'm going to continue showering you with gifts or compliments or I'm going to keep on checking up on you I'm just like but it's sometimes rooted in fear and so be conscious what do you tend to do when you're insecure cuz usually your first instinct is okay I need to manage the situation what am I going to do here and if you're not in a mature place yet cuz a mature way would be to you know possibly be honest to the person depending on like how close you are or actually talking to them about this situation like um i f- i feel like maybe I, i don't know do you find me annoying do you think i'm too much or whatever you know sometimes you have space to ask those insecure questions and that's good but other times you don't have the space to do that and so what happens is our subconscious reaction kicks in and we try to control it through those methods so be aware of what's usually your controlling style I'm not saying everyone's controlling but we just tend to have different approaches. So if you're conscious of that, you can be able to stop it. <laughs> so that's the foundation that I wanted to put out there. And so this is like the emotional purification process I follow. And I don't always do it immediately. Usually I tend to do it immediately like in the moment, but sometimes I don't have room to do that either because I'm emotionally depleted or because I'm just busy and so it's not a good time or because I know it's going to take me to a place where 
I would probably want to do this in my bedroom, alone, at home, <laughs> or in a counselor's office. And so I sometimes put a hold on that process, but this is generally what I do. The first step is I ask myself, what am I feeling? And as I said, this is like something that takes a lot of practice. Some people are better at it than others. It, d- it depends on how you're raised. It depends on your experience. It depends on your temperament, your personality, a lot of different things. So for some people, they're quickly able to identify what they're feeling. For others, it takes work. But wherever you are, I promise you, you can improve because I did. I literally didn't even used to know what I was feeling. Sometimes I just cry and I'm like, why am I crying? But like I've improved so much. Like I'm able to identify what's happening, why it's happening so much quicker than I used to. And it used to be so exhausting. Like I would need like a nap <laughs> after it. But you grow and you improve, I promise you. So identify how you're feeling and get good at using a variety of different emotions, okay? And be honest with yourself it's so hard to admit when you're scared it's so hard to admit when you're hurt because you all want to feel like no i'm untouchable nothing nothing can shake me you know but at least if there's someone you have to be honest with be honest with yourself so you can start as i said from the impure emotions of i'm feeling jealous i'm feeling insecure i'm feeling scared or whatever and then start digging deeper and try to use as many descriptions as possible and then try to simplify it in a way that makes sense to you then step two is why am i feeling this way so this has to do with describing the situation like um there were times i would talk to someone normal like maybe a stranger usually it's a stranger and normal conversation and then i start feeling sad and scared and i'm like what just happened and then it took me a while. I started describing the situation. Okay, what about this? Why am I feeling this? Is it how he talked to me? Was it his tone? And I realized, like, I used to be so sensitive to tone. Like, I, I think I hadn't been exposed to people who are very... Uh, what's that word? People who are very blunt. Like, they're not going to, like, sugarcoat. They just, like, say it as it is. They don't try to is they were into the conversation and that used to make me so sad it used to make me want to cry <laughs> so i've grown a lot so just start by describing the situation why why did this what 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 about this situation is it the tone is it the way the person looked at me is it what they said is it what they did so describe the situation and then step three is there something in the past that might have contributed to this i distinctly remember I was in grade, well, we said class. I was in class five at the time, which is grade four in the U.S. And I remember we're in school and there was like some school trip that had happened. I obviously didn't go for the school trip because my parents were super strict at the time. But over the trip, someone um, created a rumor about something I said that wasn't true. And I just remember it was during class and the teacher um, said, I've been told you said this in front of the whole class. Mind you, we're like over maybe 36 children. And he brings up, he's like, you said this, 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 this. And then it was so weird. And like, I was seated like maybe in the middle row. So, you know, he was projecting his voice for me to be able to hear that. And I just remember 
feeling so small and i just remember people in the class pitching in and like everyone was just like against me i didn't even have a fair trial number one i hadn't even said any of those things and it was like i was already guilty and i just remember that situation just made me feel so helpless and powerless and i felt like there was no one i could talk to about it because this was a person in authority and so i think stuff like that makes me super sensitive to tone or if it's especially if it's someone in a position of authority talking to me like that it used to i hadn't realized that that's what it reminded me of or similar situations to that and so if you're aware of stuff like that you can be able to separate what's happening in the present from the feelings you're carrying from your past and the i think this is actually a really important point because sometimes we make people pay for someone else's mistakes in the past so be conscious of this like try to understand is this something in the past that might have contributed to this how i'm feeling right now or to this situation or to how i reacted or whatever and then number four is is this a me thing or is the other party responsible so this is crucial and i say this because i have made mistakes in this area is when what i'm feeling is justified but then i also haven't handled my uh, my side of things and so you end up being especially aggravated by the other person but you wouldn't be have have been as annoyed if you had controlled the things that are in your control so that's just a lesson learned And so the first step is to begin with and I've talked about this in previous episodes beginning the foundation of what are your boundaries. So your boundaries are as follows. I'm responsible for my thoughts. I'm responsible for my happiness and for my emotions. I'm responsible for how I use my time. I'm responsible for the choices I make and I am responsible for my physical space. So what happens is sometimes we make other people responsible for our our boundaries. Like maybe someone used up too much of your time, which is technically something you should have like put a stop to, but now you're blaming them. But technically it's you. You have the power to say this is how I'm going to use my time. Or maybe you feel like someone made you make a choice. but it's actually your in your control it's within your boundaries what choices you make or maybe someone didn't do what you wanted them to do and now you're making them responsible for how you feel so if you're determining who's responsible for what's happening in this situation ask yourself am i being responsible with my boundaries am i taking ownership of them And if you are taking ownership of them, then, you know, then it's yeah, I guess their fault. <laughs> In which case, it still goes back to boundaries because then you have to ask yourself, is this something they can change? Because honestly, like if it's a person who is very bright and energetic and very vocal, you can't blame them for speaking up. I'm not saying I'm not talking about rude people. I'm talking about people who are very open and maybe it's too much for you. So if this is who they are, you have to ask yourself, is this something I want? Is this someone I still want in my life? Because you can't try to make people change. That's not in your control. And sometimes honestly, it's not even fair or right. So, 
determine is this something they can change if it's something they are doing wrong like maybe they are being rude or maybe they are being insensitive step one would be addressing it with them and seeing if it's something they're willing to change if they're willing to change good then just be patient to them work through it if you're not if they're not willing to change that thing that's causing you to feel the way you're feeling then you need to ask yourself okay number two is this someone I can reduce contact with or remove from my life altogether? Sometimes it is, sometimes it's not. Like if it's a work situation. So if you cannot remove contact with them, try to reduce it, reduce contact as much as possible. And when you've gotten to the point where you've reduced things as much as possible, go back to your boundaries. What can I do to protect my emotions? What can I do to protect my, my thoughts? What can I do to protect my space? And then work on those things. And then the last thing, which honestly shouldn't have been last, should have been like step four or something. Um, It should be the question, what do I want? There are times when I've gone to someone and I've told them how I feel, but then I haven't even determined what I want. And so it's just this aimless con- conversation where you're just talking about how you feel, but you haven't determined a solution yet. And you can negotiate when you both know what you want, but if you both don't know what you want, it's this confusing thing that you both keep coming back to. So figure out what it is. What do I want? Do I want more meaningful conversations? Do I want to spend more time with this person? Do I want more respectful interactions what do i want so figure out what you want so i hope this hasn't been too much of a ramble but this is basically what i've learned about purifying my emotional experience and maybe i haven't mastered this but maybe in the future i'll talk about um what to do during the process and thereafter to kind of take care kind of nurture your emotions really but thank you so much for listening this has been venting with me have a wonderful week